recorded. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. This is Sandy. I am a dating and love coach at lastfirstdate.com. And I want to welcome you to Last First Date Radio. We are a featured show about attracting and sustaining healthy relationships after 40. Every week I bring you in-depth interviews with top experts and cutting-edge authors in the field of dating and relationships. And today I have a really special guest and I can't wait to share him with you. I'm going to be speaking with dating and relationship coach for midlife women, Jonathan Asley, and we're going to talk about how to stop dating emotionally unavailable men. Big, big topic, such an important one. It comes up all the time in my practice, and I can't wait to dive in with Jonathan. But before I do, I just want to say a little little bit about um, what I do as a coach and Um, I actually had something happen this week that really outlines my mission and in what I do. And um, I I came into uh, the hospital for a bone scan, which is what we people do when we're over 40. And and the woman who was helping me, it turned out that she... um, she at one point she asked me what I did for a living and and I told her and she takes out her to-do list and on the to-do list is get a divorce and uh whoa that opened up a whole can of worms and um so we started talking about what was going on in her life and she was in a very abusive relationship and I just my heart went out to her she was telling me some of the things that her husband has said and done and how powerless she feels. And so my my mission is to help women who've been in toxic relationships to really own their value, become the women of value who attracts the man who cherishes her, who really cares about her, who would never, ever, ever think of talking to her in the way that these other men have talked to you. So if you have ever been in a relationship like that, please know that you need to get out and and get support, whether it's working with me or another coach or a therapist, but really help is on the way. It it really is something that you can heal from, and and there's a much better life ahead. And so um, I share a tip every week about how to be a woman of value, and this is uh, my tip of the week, is to be the love you wish to find in the world. And... I remember hearing Gandhi say, be the change you wish to find in the world. And, you know, be the love is really about whatever you want from somebody is something that you should be yourself. That's a really strong belief I have. So if you want someone who's kind, make sure that you're being kind. If you want somebody who's financially responsible, make sure that you're doing your best to manage your money. Um, so that's just a good good reminder. And um, two other little things, and then I'm going to bring Jonathan onto the show. If you want some support in becoming a woman of value, go over to my website, lastfirstdate.com, and you can grab a copy of my free guide, which is the top 10 reasons why men pull away or disappear, and how you can finally attract and keep the love that you deserve. It's a series of emails 
that it's like a tip a day for 10 days, and you're going to find out why men disappear and how you can turn all that around if you're the victim of the disappearing man. And you start taking back your control by being a woman of value. And one last thing is, if you're not already there in my private Facebook group, which is called Your Last First Date, please apply to join because we are up to about 1,000 women in there. And it is an amazing place for support. Every single day I'm getting messages that women are changing their lives just by being in this free group. So if you are dating and you're over 40 and you're a woman, please go over to Facebook and look in the search bar for your last first date. It's a group. It's fabulous. Join us. All right, so now we're going to be talking to Jonathan Asley. He is known as America's leading midlife dating and relationship coach. He calls himself a defender and protector of women's hearts around the world, and he helps women transform from attracting Mr. Right into finding the Mr. Wrong, sorry, to finding their Mr. Right. He's a successful entrepreneur, a coach, a speaker, and he's the author, author of Why Men Pull Away. Oh, sounds just like what I do. <laughs> Jonathan calls himself a guy spy to the male mind. He understands the way a single or divorced man thinks and acts. He's a master at helping women recognize and distinguish the difference between men who are emotionally unavailable from those who are truly ready for love. So join me now in welcoming Jonathan Asley for episode number 250, How to Stop Dating Emotionally Unavailable Men. Welcome to the show, Jonathan. Yay, thank you so much, Sandy, and thank you for that sweet introduction. I really appreciate it, and I was actually enjoying hearing your tip of the day, so woohoo for that. See <laughs> the love, you know, that oh, rocks on. You. Yeah, rock on with this dating coaching stuff. So I'm so excited (laughs) to have you here. And talking about this topic of emotionally unavailable men, oh, my God. So let's let's get started. And let's first start with defining emotionally unavailable from your point of view. Well, I'm going to – I want to – I don't want to say twist it, but I want to say something first. And and because I believe that there's this misconception conception about emotionally unavailable because men are capable of emotions so it's not you know that they're incapable of it and so um you know the real challenge for men is that they're emotionally underskilled they're emotionally underskilled and what i mean to say is women since they were little girls you know they have been indoctrinated in being able to speak up and express their emotions whereas men you know, as or as little boys, we were taught to stuff our emotions in. We were told that, you know, be a man, toughen up, don't show your emotions. And this was how we were indoctrinated as we were growing up. And so most men don't have the skill set to communicate their emotions in such a way that lands to the other person or to the woman that they're dating. So there's, that's why emotionally unavailable, while it's a kind of a charged up word, I don't believe it's really true in the sense that every man is capable within himself. And here's the real big kicker. Until he feels safe, he's never going to be able to open up his emotions. Hmm. Until he feels safe. 
So that's why emotionally unavailable is so confusing because really the flip side to it is why isn't he sharing his emotions? What's really going on? What's going beyond that? Because it's not like this stark line in the wall, I just don't want to show my emotions. In fact, they're curling up inside of him, twisting inside of him, and he's sometimes suffering inside. There are inner conflicts going on, and it's one of the reasons why men pull away. You know, you you talk about that, and certainly in my book I talk about why men pull away. It's because there's inner conflicts going on, and when a person doesn't know how to really express themselves in a way that might land, their natural reaction is to retreat. I'm, I know mm-hmm. I've just given you a mouthful here. so um. No, so it, it, you're opening up a really interesting discussion, and I appreciate that. So what I, what's going on in my head is, yes, all of these things that you're saying are true, That, and I think it's important for women to understand that men are not hairy women, as Alison Armstrong says, yep. and that we really do process emotions differently, and we were, we were also conditioned to process differently. So some of it's our brain function, yep. and some of it is how we were brought up. <clears throat> Correct? Absolutely. And what's interesting, though, what happens, and you and I both coach in that area what we call midlife. And I I define midlife as after baby-making years and before retirement. And so what happens within men as they start to age, their testosterone levels begin to decrease and their estrogen levels increase. And what happens is they start experiencing their emotions in such a way, and I know this personally because I went through this right after my divorce when I turned 42, is all of a sudden I'm experiencing these emotions, and I don't know, even know how to express it properly. I was all over the map. And so what's interesting, and especially for the women listening to this, because if you've ever met a man and he starts off a date and he starts to share some of his problems in his life, okay, that, a lot of women hear that as he's expressing his emotions, He's expressing his emotions because he's sharing some of the problems going on in his life. And women love to be in that state of emotion. It's like music to their ears. But really, when we get down to the nitty-gritty of emotions, it's about what you're feeling, and it's either usually love or fear. That's really where emotions lie. It's either love or fear, and everything in between, if you will. So I, I, I put that out there because I want, to, I want your listeners to understand when a guy in the beginning of a dating realm starts to share some of the problems going on in his life and you feel like, wow, I can be supportive. He's sharing his emotions. He's sharing his feelings. No, he's just sharing his problems. He's not sharing his deep feelings. And there's a big difference. Does that make sense, Sandy? Yes, it makes perfect sense. Um, I, want to, I want to back up for a minute. <laughs> Sure. I feel like we're, we've started like 20 conversations here. Okay. I know. I have this habit of doing that. <laughs> That's okay. That's how my brain works, too. So I'm going to go back and track. Um, when you talked about – so what So what it sounds like we're talking about is emotional literacy. Yeah. Um, and to me, there's a distinction between emotional literacy and then not really being available for a relationship. So can you speak to that for a minute? Because I, I think what you know, we I think a lot of women in, in my demographic do understand that men may have trouble expressing emotions. In fact, a client said this morning, men don't talk, so I have my girlfriends for that. So yeah. I don't fully agree with that. 
Um, but, uh, you know, there are things you can talk to your girlfriends about that men never want to hear, like, you know, the color of your dress and, you know, the 16 stops you made on the way to Bloomingdale's. That's probably not going to interest a guy. Right, Jonathan? Exactly. <laughs> you know, depending on the guy, it might be sensitive in that way. But, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. I call it the emotional skill set and you call it literacy. But really what we want to define is really the difference between someone who's either commitment-ready versus, um, you know, emotionally available, because that's why I wanted to talk about this topic, because there's so much confusion between the two. There's a big difference between someone who's commitment-ready versus someone who's emotionally perceived as being unavailable. Because as you said Mm -hmm. before, and I love my friend Allison, who calls it, as you said, uh, women are seeking that hairy version of themselves, is we are different in this capacity in the area of emotions. And, and I think it's incumbent upon women to recognize that, to not expect the same, um, thermos, you know, the same set point, if you will, of men to be at their same emotional level. Because let's say for argument's sake a man is at a, woman, is at a level of three and a woman is at an emotional level of eight, okay, just for argument's sake. Do you know what that mm-hmm. space in between is called? Um, five. <laughs> No, no. That space in between is called drama. Drama. <laughs> that space, in other um, words, she's at an eight, and she's expecting her man to be at an emotional level of eight. He's at a three, and all that space in between is usually drama because she's wanting, why aren't you an eight? Why aren't you an eight? Why aren't you an eight, right? Well, that comes from her not being emotionally literate, I have to say, exactly. because that's what I teach my clients, and I'm sure you do too, that exactly. drama comes from a lack of ability to say, here's what I need. Um, and it's not, you know, yeah, can you provide that, that for me, not, right? Exactly, and it's not that he's not capable, but if we go back to commitment ready, that's a much different conversation. Mm-hmm. And there's usually some signs that someone isn't commitment ready. I'll take, for example, the person, and you and I are in that age demographic where probably 75% of our population who is single looking for love is divorced. Uh, right. I did several informal studies on this, and literally if between the age of 40 and 69, that demographic that's single and looking for love is divorced, 75%. Mm-hmm. So within the divorce realm, somebody who's literally just gotten out of a long-term marriage and is in the midst of a divorce, whether they're separated or literally in those early stages, rarely is ever in a state of being to be able to go step into a new relationship. Mm -hmm. It's very rare. And oftentimes they experience, you know, one or two relationships. We call them transitional relationships before they're really in a space of being being commitment-ready. So Mm -hmm. if we're defining commitment-ready, there are some clues to the men who are commitment-ready versus the ones who are not. Other areas to look for is um, how is his, let's call his professional life or his ability to support himself. Someone who's going through financial struggles, which is a big percentage of men, oftentimes may not feel like the ground is solid beneath them because we men naturally want to be provider protectors. And yet if we don't Mm -hmm. feel solid in our own ability to take care of ourselves, that's usually going to make a challenge to be in a long-term relationship. Um, And then the other biggie is health issues. You know, as we age, we're going to start having health issues. And um, 
you know, it's not that we can't be commitment ready, but if we're dealing with our health issues, that may distract us from being able to be fully committed. Now, that's not as severe as those other two that I just mentioned, but that's on the Mm -hmm. plate as well. And I'd say, I know I'm just giving you a laundry list here, but certainly unresolved past relationship issues, someone who has has an unresolved issue with one or two former lovers, that certainly is not going to be someone who's going to be commitment ready. Right. So this is, you're really talking about the divorced man right now. Um, well, I'm not talking correct? just the divorce man. I mean, I use that initial anyone. analogy. Yeah, but anyone could be in this category. Okay. And what about, um, so, you know, when the first one about getting out of a long-term marriage, are you including like a newly widowed as well? The newly widowed are an interesting bunch because the newly widowed man, if he was happily in love with his wife, I mean, really it was, happy and maybe he supported her through the maybe a uh, a long you know like a cancer or something like that certainly those mm-hmm. men come to the table very solid but they also tend to be not always but tend to be a little bit codependent they literally latch themselves onto the first person because they want to fill that void so mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean you you know it's great because they're commitment ready but they may not be emotionally healthy to be in a relationship, right. especially if yeah, they haven't truly mourned their their love. And 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 here's the thing. I'm a believer that we have the capacity within our heart to love somebody and still, you know, have love for a past love and take on new love. I, I think our heart is that gigantic that we can do that. But mm-hmm. if they love their spouse so much that they haven't moved on from it, I don't think they make a great candidate in the early stages. Yeah, there can be that ghost of the of the former spouse, of the spouse yeah. who's no longer alive, and, that, and the person who's in relationship always feels that they're being compared to that person. Um, or sometimes what I've seen is that they're, they jump into a relationship and then they get freaked out like six months in, a year yeah. in, and say, I wasn't ready. So those are, you know, it's just important to go in with your eyes open. Exactly. Okay, so these are these are great signs that a man is not ready for a commitment. Um, so what's some signs that he is ready? You know, the man who's, well, here's a couple signs. His actions match his words. Okay, that's mm-hmm. always a good sign. Someone's actions, in other words, hey, I'm going to call you on Friday night, you know, or we're going to go out on a date Friday night, and I'm going to call you Thursday to confirm, and he does everything he says he does. That's a man who's more... Uh, emotionally ready for a relationship. He takes mm-hmm. personal responsibility for his choices. He takes personal responsibility for his choices. In other words, I you know, got married. It was an unhappy marriage. I was part to blame. He took responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the key one is paying attention to victim mentality. Victim mentality. You know, they're, they're going on about their ex-wife being cruel and mean and blah, 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 or they're complaining about their employer. They're constantly in a victim mode or complaining mode. Those people tend to be, both men and women in this capacity, don't tend to be the best candidates for long-term relationship. L- let me yeah, repeat that. Boy, that's long-term, a- healthy, happy relationship. Anybody's right. capable they of a relationship. <laughs> yeah, you can be in a long-term relationship. But to be healthy and happy... 
victim mentality is a put an X sign right there. So right. those are so the opposite things. is you want to look for the opposite. Somebody who's not a victim but has you know is takes charge of just like you talked about the responsibility. So yeah, right. Exactly. Okay. Um, what other signs? You know what? Ideally, there's been some space between any previous relationship. Like if there was a long-term relationship that they had been in two, three, four years and it ended, preferably there was some space in between. You know, you mm-hmm. need time to unravel the tapestry of that relationship. So whether it's, uh, you know, six months to a year, that's usually a much better sign than someone who just ended a long-term relationship, and, and we talked about marriage earlier. So um, mm-hmm. so that's another good sign. Um, self-awareness, in other words, he's self-aware. You know, in other words, he's, he's conscious of the, goes, the choices he makes. I, I talked about taking responsibility, but someone who's done personal growth work. Um, one of the things I always ask my clients to uh, ask a guy is, what books do you read? You know, get a sense of, what types of things is he in a state of learning in his life? Is he is he curious and learning in his life? And if he is, what is he curious and learning about? People that are in that state of being tend to be more relationship ready than those that are stubborn and set in their ways. Now, here's the mm-hmm. thing: we all get to some degree set in our ways as we age. You know. In fact, when I know you mentioned Alison Armstrong, but when she talks about the king, you know, that's a person who's reached the point in his life where this is who he is and that's what I am. That's what a king mm-hmm. is. You know, it's not right. that he's emotionally available. It's not that he's this, you know, this awakened man that's going to spread you with love and romance every minute of the day. That is not a king. <laughs> a king is a person who is who has basically reached who he is, and he's comfortable with who he is. He is comfortable in his own skin. And that's mm-hmm. another sign that a person is relationship-ready. And, again, we're speaking in our demographic. So I suspect you and I are the same. We have clients mostly in their late 40s and early 50s or 60s. So, and that's about the time yep. that that happens. Yeah, so, so these are, are great tips. <laughs> yeah, no, these are perfect. And, uh, you know, I think what I see is a lot of women say, well, I can't find any men with all these traits. So they try to interrogate a little bit on the first phone call or even through text. What are you looking for? What, why are you on the site? You know, and so they'll sometimes ask questions that are off-putting. And I know you're a big believer in, in finding out as much as you can up front and sharing stuff up front. So can you share, you, I love the question, um, what books does he read? So that can, can you share some other ways, so, uh, questions, ways to find out if this person is commitment ready? Sure. You know, this is a great question, and the clients that I work with are really indoctrinated in this piece of the puzzle. And one, you know, in other words, I help my clients really be more discerning and screening of their potential mate. Because here's the deal. Not everybody's going to be a king, okay? And, you know, we all have our flaws. In fact, you and I were talking about my blog. You know, we all have our flaws, and when do you want to know about it? So we all have our flaws. Mm-hmm. But here's what you might want to ask a man. In, and I'm a believer of talking about past relationships on a first or second date. You know, there was just, oh, tell me a little bit about your past, you know, in relationships. And here's a couple good quick questions. What did you learn from your past relationship? 
What did you learn about your past relationship? What were the good parts of your past relationship? And what were you most grateful for? What are you most grateful for? Now, here's a sign that someone may not be ready. I'll give you a tip. You know, I learned not to date a woman who's a gold digger. Well, that's not really learning something. And what I really mean is what did you learn about yourself, okay? Right. No, what did I get you learn it. about yourself, <laughs> you know? So if he says don't date a gold digger, don't date a you know, woman who's selfish or whatnot, that's not really learning something, okay? Mm-hmm. But if a person can well, that's express blame. what's it's- Exactly. It's going back to victim mentality. So in that one mm-hmm. question, you can reveal a lot about a person very quickly by how they respond to that question. What did you learn about yourself? What were the good mm-hmm. parts? That's a person that sees the positive in things, and what are you most grateful for? So it's, it's yeah. more of the empowerment type of questions versus in, you know, seeing if they are in that victim mentality or not. Yeah, so, I'm so glad you added those positive parts and really mining for the gold because what happens in most of these conversations is that, you know, I'm never going to date a gold digger and I learned to um, stay away from crazy women and yeah. yeah. So, so we have to really be careful how we direct conversations because you have so much power in those dates to really direct the conversation. And so I love, I love the positives. I know because for myself, like I need somebody who does well in a crisis and who is resilient. So I want to know how do they get through these hard times? How do they and, see it and where, where are they taking responsibility? And the reality is, you know, that, you know the initial dating is, is, is a, both um, an opportunity to have a good time, to learn about yourself and what you like and what you don't like, but it's also partly a screening process. And the truth of the matter is, you're never going to be able to screen for everything. There's no way to possibly screen for all this. But here's mm-hmm. what you can do. Is, and one of the things I do in my coaching program is I really help women get really defined in their intuition. Because your intuition is screaming to you. And oftentimes I've learned that women have, have literally, their intuition is like static these days. It's literally, you know, they... Women are supposed to have amazing intuition, and yet it's like static, and they're not able to hone in on the subtle clues that are going on that he's either a good guy, you know, good potential, or he's maybe not. And what happens is they literally, it's like they're reverse polarity. Good guys they're passing up on, and bad guys they're stepping into. <laughs> hmm. Oh, yeah, always. And, and, and that's I think why they the come intuition to people piece... like you and myself. Yeah, well, the, but that intuition piece is such an important part. And I think what happens, and I, I know this, I can speak for myself, is that I stop trusting my intuition. You know, it's still there. It's yeah. like you listen to it and you go, nah, don't listen to that. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe not. And and every time you push it away, you make a bad choice. And it, you choose the wrong job. You choose the wrong partner. You know, you're not listening to that screaming voice inside. So, so how do you get women to um, to amp up their intuition? Like, do you have a tool for that? Just to sidetrack for a minute here. Sure, sure, sure. You know, it's it's well in my private coaching program, I have this tool that's designed to review what I call your head and your heart. And your head mm-hmm. is your ego and your practical side, and your heart is your feelings, right? So you've got your head and your Mm -hmm. heart. And I want you to literally imagine that it's like 
the devil on one sh- – you never see those movies where there's a devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other, and they're talking right. to the head, and they're like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Well, that's why there's so much static for women, because they haven't integrated their head and their heart, because your intuition is in your stomach, okay? But you're either your head is sending the wrong signal to your stomach, or your heart's sending the wrong signal to your stomach. So, I mean – I can't give away my coaching program on this session right, because right. it's so integrated. But I will tell you, it's, it's integrating the head and the heart in such a way. Mm-hmm. And I literally have created a program that does this in a laser fashion. I mean, literally in a few weeks, we get you so honed in. So what happens is, and I just had a client call me yesterday, and she goes, dang, Jonathan, this really works. My intuition mm-hmm. was like, like, it was like, I mean, it was like on fire, you know, and I mean that in a good way, you know, it was like, it was on, it was yeah. on you know, it was like she was able to really pick up on the subtle clues. And again, it's not just about picking up the bad stuff. It's also looking past where we get in our own way. Mm-hmm. And for the ladies listening, I just want to say something to all of you. You are all so beautiful, but sometimes you get in your own way. <laughs> and that's what the <laughs> ego does. The ego gets into your way. And I want to tell you that there are wonderful men out there. They're not perfect. They're flawed. You know, you know they've got their stuff, just like you do. But there's, there's an abundance of commitment-ready men out there. You have to really work on your ego. And I know you work on that in your coaching, Sandy, and I certainly do on mine. I just kind of look for those blind spots from the male perspective. So that's where I kind of go, oh, I see this as a guy, what you're doing. Right, um, which is so valuable, so valuable. And and I I love everything that you've shared. I think that it's also important. I could talk to you for another hour. But... uh, (laughs) Unfortunately, I mean, this is such a juicy topic, and um, I know you have a free gift, so um, tell our audience what that gift is. Sure. Well, once again, thank you for allowing me to speak to your community. I really appreciate it. And oh, for those pleasure. listening, emotionally available men are, it's, let's, not, let's just say they just have some challenges, but they're not unavailable, okay? The gift I have is the Five Qualities a Man Seeks in a Soulmate. It's a short audio I created. You just, I'm sure there's some button you press right here wherever you're listening. And <laughs> it's, um, it's really designed to give you the five key points that a man, literally how it triggers him to shift into commitment. And when a woman understands this, they can predict a man's behavior. And when you can predict a man's behavior, you will make better choices. So when you understand these five qualities that a guy seeks in a soulmate, you're going to be your intuition is going to be on fire. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> I will put that in my show notes on my blog. So um, that should be up in about a day. So cool. head on over to lastfirstdate.com, click on my blog, and you will find this show, the show notes, um, and Jonathan's special gift. And I I want to say also you mentioned. We're all flawed, and I think this is such an important thing to remember. There's no Cinderella fairy tale out there that if we go in knowing not only are we flawed, but like have compassion and forgiveness for yourself and for others, and know that in a good relationship, you will continue to grow and work on your flaws together. That that's, that's a wonderful place to actually work together. And a lot of people are surprised by that. They think you have to be all cooked and perfect when you get into a relationship. And I know, Jonathan, you have probably experienced that yourself. Um, <laughs> Big time. <laughs> 
it's that's the most beautiful thing I think is that we come together and we help each other grow and um so you have to have these basics you know you you don't get into a relationship with the wrong person but when you're with the right person you continue to refine the beautiful package that you are Absolutely absolutely So thank you again for sharing your oh. wisdom with us today oh, Well thank you and I really am, was excited to connect with you so big hugs to you sweetheart Uh, Thank you. Me too. Finally, great to connect. And thanks, everybody, for listening today. And I hope you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day. 